Hello, wonderful people. This is Jason English with Things About Things, simplifying concepts without sacrificing depth. Thanks for joining in for Concept 5. Today's concept is chocolate. I'm here with Beth Westfall, owner and operator of Beth Westfall Chocolates. Hi, Beth Westfall. <laughs> Hi, Jason. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for joining me. I'm excited about this. I love chocolate, and I've known you for several years. And I remember when you got this thing started and it was in the beginning phases or pre-launch phases. And I was one of the lucky people who got to buy, I think it was the very beginning. I got to buy some chocolate from you when you were first rolling it out officially and offering it to the world. And before we go any further, uh, if anyone just right out of the gate wants to go to BethWestfallChocolates.com as you're listening to this so you can look at the pretty pictures because that's the, the only downside of an audio podcast. You can only hear, but you can go to BethWestfallChocolates.com, look at the pretty pictures of chocolate while you're listening to this. But let me just out of the gate ask you, why chocolate? Why did you want to do this? Well, actually, before you started um, testing and trying my chocolate, I um, several years ago, I took a raw chocolate course. Mm -hmm. And I decided I really loved working with chocolate. And I didn't do much with it. Um, you know, I made it in a blender, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> in a high-speed blender, and then I got the stone grinder and such, and, mm. and I put it aside for a while, and then I came back to it uh, when time allowed, and I had more questions than I had answers, so mm-hmm. I started pursuing, um, you know, g- gaining skills, gaining knowledge, uh, mm. and I decided that this is a passion. Mm-hmm. Even now, when I uh, get ready for a project, I just feel this 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 excitement. This, <laughs> yeah. This, you but know, it started on. as a hobby. It started as health. We wanted to eat healthy. I know you like to eat healthy. Was that kind of part of the reason you were doing this? Uh, pretty much, you know, on the on the raw side. But yeah. I've since I've since abandoned the raw okay. um, to pursue the the art part of it. Yeah, the artisan. Yeah. What do you say, artisan? Confections. Confections, is the yes. yes. Uh, and for me personally, I'm a technician mm-hmm. and I have a creative side, and this works on both of those areas. Right. Why do you think people like chocolate so much? Well, you know, from early on, when you're young, you, you get a little chocolate bar, it's, it's a treat, mm-hmm. and then you enjoy the flavor of it, and it gets plugged into your memory bank. Yeah. And as you grow older and you taste different chocolates, it draws from that. Right. And there's a pleasure center that that is touched by it. Yeah. Emotionally. It's uh, amazing. Physically. All is kinds it of... dopamine that's released or something like that? I don't. Do, do you know that it's, it does something chemically to you? Right. 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 It does. What, indeed. What is up with that? Is it why does so much of the world like chocolate? What is it? What's the magic? Well, they call it the food of the uh, gods. Right, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, it's got a rich history. Mm-hmm. And it was used as an aphrodisiac way back in, mm-hmm. you know, in the eons of, you know, Mexico and some yeah. of the other uh, early civilizations. And as an agricultural product, it was available, but it but it was available um, only to, you know, it was, a, it was a, an expensive commodity. Uh-huh. Um, once it became more affordable, uh, and it spread throughout Europe, and Europe started doing what they're doing with chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, people realized that this this is 
accessible to everybody, but yeah. that but it also is accessible to um, to those who want to go to the higher end. Yeah. And really appreciate it, like a fine wine or coffee or yeah. you know, it's got that depth. And I'm and I'm the I'm not the maker of chocolate, I'm the eater of chocolate. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to make it and I don't really know the difference. I don't know how to explain the difference between good or cheap, but I know it when I taste it. Why is it that and I I mean no offense to Hershey or anything like that, because hey, I'll take a Hershey bar any day. But why is it that I can I can tell if I eat European chocolate? I've I've been. Why is it so good? And why doesn't it taste as chalky and cheap? Like what what's the difference in the process of making it that makes it that much creamier or better, or richer? Other words like that. Well, primarily your commercial uh, chocolate that's that's mass produced mm -hmm. is some of it doesn't have any chocolate in it. Oh no, I knew you were going to say I, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> can uh, I still eat it though? <laughs> you can still eat it. it. It's good. You know, some of it has lower quality cacao. Oh, okay. Uh, and then they take that and transform it into wonderful tasting chocolate bars. Sure. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, and even the Marses of the world and Hershey's of the world are, they have their hands in fine chocolate as well. Okay. Uh, and then, but that, but that's not their main. But it's not 50 cents. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. So to your point, there's a lot of people that they eat fine chocolate and they immediately know the difference. Oh yeah. So why do you, why are you so interested in fine chocolate? Why, why don't you want to do the, the mass produced? Well, I'm just finishing a, um, a mastering chocolate flavor course, which has been really, really rich for me. And I've tasted different chocolates from around the world. Wow. That's grown in the different cacao regions around the world, 20 degrees up and 20 degrees below the equator. Okay. And you would be amazed at the difference between uh, Ecuadorian chocolate and um, Madagascar chocolate. This is just like coffee or wine conversations. Exactly. Wow. However, for me as a chocolatier, I can say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a lavender, uh, lavender ganache. Mm -hmm. What chocolate is gonna work with the lavender ganache? So when the the customer bites into it, mm -hmm. everything works, and then it unfolds as it should unfold, and you get to experience the flavor mm -hmm. of the chocolate. Of the lavender, right, and of you know the and the I have experienced chocolate. that with your chocolate, and mm. I don't know how you come up with these things, but I like it, and I love, I love that it's not just it's chocolate, it's good, which although that would be fine too, but when you when you pair it and you match it, it's like how did she think to put these two things together? I'm sure you you know you've had influences and you were taught by some people, but but where does that come from? Does it mostly from you? tasting what you prefer or are you pulling from what others have done before and the things that combine together and that they have proven to be good combinations? Well, I think it's a little bit of both because mm -hmm. uh, to some people, they don't want to eat the really off-the-wall combinations. <laughs> okay. um, they more want to go with traditional, which uh -huh. is fine, and, but you've got to produce a good traditional uh, chocolate. Mm-hmm. Or, or bonbon, uh, and that's kind of where my, my specialty, where I want my specialty Is to that land. what I ate, were bonbons? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's call them chocolates. What's, what, is, what is a bonbon? A uh, bonbon is um, any chocolate that has a, a center to it. Oh, okay. Be it ganache or a um, nut center. It's oh. usually enrobed in chocolate. I make, I'm, I do both. I make the center, 
enrobe it or put a shell and, and, and make the ganache and pipe it into the shell. And that's your favorite kind of thing to make? Well, I really am enjoying the, uh, the art part of it. Yeah. I do these painted things and it's just, oh, yeah. it's just so fun. And this, this again, reminds me of, of um, the coffee experience too, where someone takes all this time and it's taken not just hours or weeks, but, but years if you think about where the chocolate came from to get to this moment. And then you take hours and hours or more to paint this piece of art. And then it is gone in 30 seconds. And there's just something so mysterious about that. And th when I opened up the box that I bought, it was like, I don't want to eat these. It's too pretty. So then, of course, I took a picture and posted it on Instagram <laughs> yeah. to keep fr freeze it in time. But then, of course, I had to eat it. What does that feel like to you, knowing that you spent so much time learning, training, the growers took it took so long for this bean to come to place for the chocolate to exist you hover over this and create a piece of art how does that feel knowing that some people may or may not appreciate the art and then of course even if they do the product is going to be gone soon well it's it's one of the the luxuries of life hmm. uh and and if if someone can be happy to look at that and eat it and have that experience maybe by themselves or with you know other folks mm. that's the part that I enjoy it makes me happy that's knowing awesome. that someone else is going to be happy right enjoying what I created that's a really good answer Beth happiness mm -hmm. and then and then the memory of that happiness because if you taste a good thing you remember that taste exactly and and honestly good quality things like that really even if it is more than the 50 cent bar you're going to remember it more. You're going, to, you're going to enjoy it more. And then, of course, I guess technically if you don't eat it every day, it's probably healthier too. But I wanted to ask you about that because I, I've i kind of grown up with this, you know, I was a kid growing up, chocolate was considered a candy, which is bad for you. And I'm now that I'm learning more about chocolate, it sounds more of like all that sugar and the processing part of it was the part that isn't necessarily the healthiest would you say that chocolate is healthy for you? Uh, I would say in moderation, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. uh, because it has so many great properties to it, uh, even though uh, some would argue when you, when you do a lot of processing to it, you get rid of those nutrients. There, there's still a lot that remains there, mm -hmm. just like you know, cooking vegetables. You got the fiber, you know, you may lose some of the nutrients, but you have the fiber. Um, I think it's healthy for you because if you if it gives you pleasure and you enjoy eating it, and it gives you maybe an energy mm -hmm. kick right. that you're looking it for. It has caffeine, right? Right. right. A, little, a little bit. A little not, bit of caffeine. Not a ton. Yeah, yeah. Um, usually you're going to get that from the sugar okay. more than anything else. <laughs> uh, although, you know, when I make my bonbons, I do recipes where I try to moderate the sugar in it and make them less sweet. Okay. Where you can taste the flavor that comes through in, mm. the, in the centers. What kind of sugar do you use? Um, I use uh, regular sucrose, uh -huh. which okay. is sugar, and then I use a, um, a sorbitol, which huh. is, is a sugar alcohol that, that is less sweet. Oh, okay. But I use a very small amount of that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, fruit, fruit purees, which okay. have natural sweetness sure. to them. Sure, yeah. Uh, cream, which has natural sweetness. Right. 
So you, you balance all that out. You don't need to put a lot of sugar into a, a, a ganache to make it taste really great. Tell me about some of your favorites to eat for you. Ooh. Uh... Or, or, and or to make, favorites to make, however you want to answer that. Gosh, I'm, you know, the, the, the storehouse is wide open with ideas, and I'm still going through all the ideas. But, but to answer your question, uh, I love fruit. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with uh, like a mango, wow. passion fruit. Uh -huh. um, I just made a mango passion fruit that turned out fabulous. Wow. I love raspberry. Mm -hmm. I, love, um, I love herbal combinations like uh, rosemary and lavender. Yeah. I think I had one with lavender in it that mm -hmm. you made. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Coconut. Mm -hmm. I love coconut. I love peanut butter. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And that's the. There we go. Thanks for joining in, everyone. Uh, yeah, I love all those things you just said, too. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting feeling to to look at the description. And again, similar to maybe coffee or, or maybe it reminded me a little bit more of wine where you read the description. And there's some suggestive words that you're looking for certain tastes and the way that the wording is combined together. It's actually the way that you word it, in my opinion, is very much part of the artisan process, not just making it. Because if you made it and just gave it to me and I didn't know what it was, I might have the feeling of, you know, when you get like the, the big assortment box yeah. and you never know what you're going to get and maybe there's a chart but you don't know what the you don't read it or you don't know how to read it and you bite into it and you go eh it's still chocolate it's still fine but reading every single one with those descriptive words was similar you get a bottle of wine and you read it and you go oh yeah can you tell me a little bit about how to how to taste chocolate so i'm a i'm i'm a newbie here i don't know what i'm doing with the exception of i've eaten plenty of chocolate in my right. life and i like it but how do I know what I'm tasting? And I mean, obviously, if, if it says raspberry, I'm going to taste that. But the chocolate part, how do I, how do I get a palate for this? Well, it takes, it takes kind of a disciplined approach um, because if you're a scarfer, okay. it's going to go down fast. <laughs> right. So uh, my suggestion is, uh, is to open the bar, observe the color, mm -hmm. uh, observe the snap, the snap has everything to do with how well tempered it is. Wow! What should it be? What should the snap be like? It should be a, a, a snap. Pretty snappy snap. Pretty snappy snap. Okay, so it yeah. shouldn't it shouldn't be kind of a rubbery no, <laughs> fall apart. Okay, no. it's, it should snap. And uh, it shouldn't melt in your fingers. Okay. Unless you're holding it for a period of time. Okay. 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 So so you've done that. You've cut a little piece off. You can put a little piece between your fingers mm -hmm. and melt it down a little bit, and then just sniff. And try oh, to get the aroma I've never done started. anything like this before. Yeah. Then you'll want to uh, nibble a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nibble a front, little it, bit front of on your... the front, okay. yeah. And let it just kind of, you know, let the aromas and things start to work. Mm-hmm. Then you'll want to put, put a piece in your mouth and start chewing it slowly. Okay. And do it, if, if you can do it when you're not distracted, then you can really kind of say, okay, what am I tasting here? Right. Do I taste um, floral? Do I taste mm -hmm. um, cocoa? Do I taste um, uh, herb? Yeah. You know, grassiness, a woodiness? Mm -hmm. um, 
do I taste fruitiness? Yeah. And believe you, believe me, you yeah. can in, in nice chocolate. How do you know if you're right? <laughs> There's no right answer for anybody. We had a, I had a, a chocolate tasting um, exercise that we did with some friends and that, that question came up and I yeah. said, there's no right or wrong answer. What mm -hmm. you taste is real to you. Is yeah. real to you. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm assuming it's influenced by the things that were in the soil at the time that cacao plant was grown. Yeah. The terrier, mm -hmm. um, the, the genetic strain mm -hmm. of the, of the cacao, um, trees and um, growing conditions, and that can vary from time to time. But there are some generalizations on uh, different areas that different growing areas would would lean towards. Mm -hmm. You may taste um, in Tanzania a uh, fruitiness, in Ghana a more um, cocoa forward uh, flavor profile, and then uh, like I say, some of the other areas. Um, You'll have a herbal, more of a herbal uh, notes to them. Mm -hmm. Although that also is influenced by the roasting and the fermenting oh, process okay. as well. Wow! So you could have a really fine um, cacao bean and destroy it. <laughs> destroy that the flavors. That sounds just of it. like coffee. Yeah, exactly. And I, oftentimes I equate those two things, those beans, as similar beans, but they're really not. But yeah, you can just char it. Mm -hmm. You know. It's, what is what is dark chocolate as opposed to milk chocolate? Well, dark chocolate doesn't have any milk in it. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, dark chocolate is just um, uh, cocoa liqueur, sugar, and sometimes they put lithocin in for fluidity. Okay. Uh, and that's it. So when I buy a bar at the store and it says 70%, 80%. What does that mean? Okay. The 70% is the, the, the cocoa in it. Right. The cocoa butter, the cocoa salads, 30% is sugar. Oh, okay. So that's so, what the other percentage is. All exactly. Right. So if you go up, uh, you know, to 80%, then you got 20%. So you can, you can say, okay, I'm going to get a less sweet bar this way. And that's why a lot of people do like to go to the higher percentages. Mm -hmm. Although you can get a really um, nice tasting higher percentage um, bar mm -hmm. that has some natural sweetness that comes through through you know when you taste it and then if milk is added it becomes milk chocolate yeah and you you should see that on the on the wrapper but know? milk chocolate is not necessarily a lesser quality then no okay mm -mm. Mm -mm. I think fact, I had oversimplified like dark is good milk chocolate is cheap and that's not true oh, no, no. yeah okay so it's and that actually makes sense because I've had some European milk chocolates that I thought were absolutely out of this world good. I think I think what it is is I'm comparing high, the highest quality to the lowest quality, you know, and that's not a fair comparison. If it if it's the mass-produced milk chocolate, that's not really an accurate representation of milk chocolate. Oh, absolutely right, not. Right. And and the one way to do that is to turn the bar over, and if you see ingredients before you see cocoa or cocoa butter, then, you know, then you're not getting real chocolate. That's a good rule of thumb for most foods, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. the food that you're eating isn't the first ingredient of that food, probably a bad sign. Yeah. I would encourage, too, that uh, white chocolate, you know, I hated white chocolate because uh -huh. <laughs> uh, it was so sweet mm -hmm. and it, it tastes 
taste like rubber, you know, yeah. rubberish, and it just wasn't good. And the first time I had a fine white chocolate, I just couldn't believe it. And what is what is white chocolate? White chocolate is simply um, mostly cocoa butter. They okay. do put some uh, milk solids in it or milk powder in it and sugar mm -hmm. or a sweetener. Wow. Yeah, I don't really like white chocolate, but I think it's because I haven't had the good stuff. Yeah. So I look forward to... We'll fix that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I want to learn more about tasting and, and pairing. Do you have any advice? Do you like to pair chocolates with coffee or, or wine or on purpose not doing that so that you make sure that you only focus on the chocolate? How do you like to enjoy your chocolate? Well, I typically just enjoy the chocolate and okay. I don't do a lot of pairing. Um, but if you do pair, I would suggest pairing with bread. What? Yeah. Bread is a good pairing. Uh, and beer. Really? And cheese. Liquid bread, basically. Yeah. Uh, and well, You know, when you get into wine and mm -hmm. chocolate pairing, now you're, you're almost competing between yeah, subtle that makes flavors. Sense. That makes sense. Mm. Okay, what kind of bread then? Um, you can do like a, just a, a, a traditional, you know, French loaf or mm -hmm. any, any kind of bread, really. I mean, yeah. not your wonder bread, but... There we go. <laughs> you know, a good artisan So swing bread. by stick boy, get a good quality bread, maybe mm -hmm. something that doesn't have overpowering flavor exactly. in it. Exactly, And then yeah. BethWestFallChocolates.com and then start pairing it up. And then, and then same thing with question, what about beer? What what kind of beer? What kind of beer not to do that would overpower it? You know, I I've I've been trying to work on a, a pairing program with yeah. beer and um, you know some of the citrus uh, based beers out there. I would pair a citrus okay uh, center with it. Yeah. Some of the stout beers I would pair uh, something with a bolder flavor to it. Yeah. This, this sounds like a nice picnic coming up soon when the weather gets a little yeah. warmer. Yeah. Oh, that's really good stuff. Uh, so tell me a story. Try to, try to you know, we're, people are just listening to this. Try to help us envision what this process is like for you. You have your ingredients. You have the training. You're making your artisan confections. What do you do? It's no longer just you with a blender. What is it now? What do you do and how do you make this chocolate? Well, what I do is um, right now I'm working in my uh, home kitchen, which is which is fine, but I'm going to outgrow that, I know. Sure. Uh, so I usually spend an hour cleaning the kitchen and sanitizing the kitchen. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I'm thinking through my processes, what I'm going to do, uh, get all my all my tools and you know supplies out, and I've already put my recipe into the software so I know what you know how much of each. Okay. Uh, which is balancing for mm -hmm. uh, for the ganaches, and uh, then if I'm going to make a spray uh, painted molded, mm -hmm. I'll do I'll do that, and uh, if if I'm not doing too many at a time, I'll shell them, which means I'll put the tempered chocolate in them and make shells. Uh huh. And that's obviously edible but oh, yeah. what what is yeah, it yeah it's just colored cocoa butter cool yeah yeah and it has to be tempered too so so that process is one day okay and then the next day i might make the ganaches and pipe them in and they have to set overnight 
Mm -hmm. uh, and then the next day I would close the shells. Uh -huh. So it can be a two, three, sometimes four day process just to produce, you know, a couple of batches. And then when you paint the chocolate, is that how you would say it? You paint yeah. them? Yeah. What's that artistic process like for you? How do you know what you're going to paint on it? Where do you come up with those decisions? Well, I take inspiration from things around me. Uh -huh. um, looking at, like I picked up a leaf on the golf course last year and I went, oh my gosh, yeah. I've got to paint this. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was a fall leaf. I get leaf. that feeling. I understand that feeling. <laughs> uh, so, I, so I get my inspiration from that. And then also I want, okay, if I'm going to make a um, uh, strawberry lemon ganache, mm -hmm. then the outside should reflect yellow and red. Yeah. Um, I have a, 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 um, a lime cafe bonbon that I make. I think I so had that I, one. <laughs> yeah, so I do a green and a, and a white and a... Well, a that in of itself helps the user, exactly. the eater, <laughs> to yeah. know that's probably that one. Yeah. And then, and then what? Then when you make the design... Oh, there's a lot of different techniques. Mm -hmm. um, I can I can either splatter it. I can paint it with a paintbrush with a yeah. regular little tiny that's you know, amazing brush. Um, I can swipe it with my finger. Yeah. Uh, I can um, I can put stripes like tape on mm -hmm. and paint around it, and then take the tape off and spray a different color underneath. Yeah. So you get different designs that come through. This is amazing. I mean, it really is art. Yeah, it is. All right, a couple more advice things I need. <laughs> okay. How can I, or how can we, just listening to this, how can we do something like this on our own? So obviously everybody should go buy your chocolate, but if they wanted to do it at home and they weren't going to become a master of it and take courses, and can we make chocolate at home? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you have to, well, it just depends on what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that do, that, that go and buy the, the discs that you can get at Michael's and, and then you can melt them in there, yeah. uh, and make your shapes or whatever, yeah. you know. But then you're just sort of taking chocolate that already existed and making right. it a shape. Right. But what, how would we do kind of what you did with the blender and like, what does that look like? How do we... To make it from scratch? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um... You'd have to get cacao powder. Okay. You'd have to get cocoa butter, um, and and well, I have a stone grinder now, okay. which I've which I since went to. Yeah. Um, so I'd put I'd I'd mix all that together and put it in the stone grinder, and then put some powdered coconut sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, if, assuming we're doing a raw chocolate. Right. And uh, grind it down for uh -huh. a day. Okay. And let it get real fine. Otherwise, it's real gritty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then you can make bars out of that. You temp. You have to temper it, though. Yeah. And tempering is a whole... That sounds intimidating. Yeah. Tempering is a whole different animal. It sounds like the kind of thing that I would... I'm interested in doing, but then when I really think about the process, I'd rather just buy chocolate <laughs> and eat yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping at some point I can do a little a little class. Oh, people which would, would love be, that. Yeah, I know. I've had people ask me about that. Oh, yeah. People would absolutely love that. Oh, wow. I'm in, in all of this. So try to help us simplify this. Someone's listening to this and they go, okay, I, I now have a few tools. I can smell it and I can taste it and I can talk about 
the notes that I'm sensing there, they're, I never knew I could eat bread with it or have uh, beer with it, and I didn't expect that. But what's a takeaway of this? How can we simplify this concept of chocolate in, in, into an action point, those that are listening? What do we do with what we just heard, other than just eat more chocolate or eat better chocolate? Well, I think the one thing that I want to communicate is mm-hmm. um, when you pick up a piece of chocolate, to understand that uh, there's farmers that grow that yeah. in, uh, in the jungles, most, right. most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so the process that comes through from bean to bar is immense. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're working to sustain those sources. Yeah. And so in order for that to happen, the farmers have to be paid adequately. Right. So if you're looking at a $10 bar of chocolate yeah. or a $2 piece of chocolate, mm-hmm. there's a lot that goes into that. You know, oh, from, yeah. the, from, the, from the farmer all the way through my hands. Right. So gaining an appreciation for, for what chocolate really is. Yeah. Uh, and how it can contribute to so many livelihoods, yeah. pleasure, mm-hmm. um, artistic expression. Right. There's a lot to that. I like that. And it's it's really, I think, a healthy rhythm of life, especially when it comes to the luxuries of life, like that we've been talking about. Wine, beer, chocolate, coffee. Although I, some people would say chocolate and coffee are not luxuries. They're necessities, but nonetheless... They're luxuries. They're they're an example. If you're eating a nice piece of chocolate, it's an indicator that you have an abundance in life. It's a good feeling. And I, I love connecting that. Instead of saying, I shouldn't do it, doing it and soaking in that moment and appreciating that which it came from and where it came from. And then it kind of makes it more worth spending the more money on it. Instead of just making it a a minimal item that you just do just to scarf down, you're spending a little bit more, you're pausing, you're appreciating the art, you're appreciating the notes, and then you're appreciating the history and where where it came from. And so that's why I just want to encourage people to to encourage artisan confection, encourage this growing instead of the 50 cent one. Maybe have a nice picnic and get some good cheese and get some good, you know, chocolate and all that and just kind of appreciate that and and how can we as buyers know that this is happening let's say this bar is ten dollars how do we know whether that is going towards a fair market value and fair trade and the farmers are being treated properly there's anywhere any way for me as just the generic guy with 10 bucks how do i know whether i'm contributing to something good or not Well, if you know the chocolate maker, right, uh, and it's not always listed on like my bars. I use um, I use different chocolate. I use uh, mm-hmm. a cocoa berry, mm-hmm. uh, which is the manufacturer, and they're a large large chocolate manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, they have programs okay. that ensure that type of activity is happening yeah. at the farm. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to get the get the chocolate, right. Um, it's fair trade's a tricky thing with uh-huh. with chocolate because these these growers are deep in the jungle, right? And fair trade's an agency, right? So you have to know the source of the chocolate and the chocolate maker 
to be able to identify that. So I know that's a kind of a roundabout answer to your question. And I, I'm not, I've just been in business less than a year, so I haven't got this packaging thing down where right. it's like, well, this comes from here and this com- comes from here. But but the organization so, you buy it through ensures exactly, those things, right? Exactly. So that's a good way to know when we're buying yours. But mm-hmm. if we're buying something with more labeling, we can look for what? What do we look for in the label? Uh, typically where it's coming from. Okay. Um, a lot of these, these chocolate makers, bean to bar makers, will, will show where that chocolate's coming yeah. from. Right. Bonbon makers, not not so much. Uh, see, so I you see. can ask if you're if you're uh, in a store, you can ask wh- what kind of chocolate do you use. Yeah, that's a healthy thing to do. I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I just learned so much. I mean, really, I did not know so much of what you just said, even though I've eaten a lot of chocolate in my day. But I'm gonna try the. I'm gonna try. I never would have thought anyone would have said eat bread with chocolate, but I'm gonna try that. Go to Stick Boy, get some good bread, kind of pair it. Gonna pinch off a little bit, snap it, pinch off a little bit, smell it, try to see if I smell any notes, put it in the front of my mouth, kind of nibble on it, sense that, and then slowly chew it. Let it open up. Let it open up. Uh, should I drink water in that process or no? Or is it no, matter? just let it open just up it because okay. you'll have sometimes after uh, flavors that, that come through. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, bread will help um, clear your palate okay, as well. Okay, I see, yeah. So. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you. Well, good. I'm glad you learned something. Yeah, I <laughs> did. Like and something. I hope the people listened and learned as well. And so uh, a specific follow-up, everybody, look for those those labels and talk to the artisan confectioners. Is that the word? Confectioner? Mm-hmm. Con- mm-hmm. That makes the chocolate. Talk to them about where this chocolate came from. Try those little tools. Go to BethWestfallChocolates.com. And it's Beth Westfall. Exactly. It's spelled just like it sounds. BethWestfallChocolates.com and also you can go to ThingsAboutThings.com for more things. Thanks for joining in.